Welcome to the AV Podcast Games Edition. Presented by Ian Collin. Hi, I'm Ian Collin from 360 Gamer, welcoming you to this week's gaming podcast. This week, along with all the latest gaming news, we'll also be bringing you a review of Rainbow Six Vegas, albeit a little bit later than we'd originally planned, and we'll also be discussing the introduction of the new Vista system and the effect that it might have on PC gaming in the future. The AV Podcast Gaming News with Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Okay then, first up, uh, Microsoft has announced that it's set to change the way the gamer points, or rather achievement points as some people might know them, are earned whilst you play in your Xbox 360 games. Um, it's a move that's probably likely to please all those achievement whores out there who are looking to fleece every point possible they can from every game that they've got. For those of you without a 360 might not really understand why this is a big deal, but um, 360 is quite a competitive console amongst the hardcore gamers. and. Uh, achievement points generally seen as a, a sign of status to extend that some people go to great lengths just to get a few extra points here and there and um, with these new extra points it looks like it's only going to get worse. The way that it's going to work is that Microsoft are now going to offer their developers a chance to add uh, an extra 250 points to the current 1000 that they have to add to every game but they can now add that extra 250 points via downloadable content. The, the rule is, is that it has to be free downloadable content free to the extent that you have to have Xbox Live in order to download it. You don't have to pay for this additional content on top of that, so you're not actually paying, they're basically giving you a chance to win 250 points for free, which isn't a huge amount, but it just gives a, a greater incentive for people to get onto our Xbox Live, to play the games, and I'm guessing that it's going to be through, you know, when you integrate additional content in terms of maps and players and skins and kits, that you're going to be able to win extra points through playing through those. I mean, the current example uh, is Crackdown. It's the first game I've seen, a uh, big game at the moment, that doesn't have a thousand points available in the box copy. You can only get 900. Everybody kind of wondered why. But now with this announcement, we know that you're going to be able to get the extra 100 points sometime in the future when further content is released, which is maybe a, a bit of a chore if you're not really up for that additional content and you just want to play through the box copy that you've got and be happy. But yeah, if you're a, an achievement whore, you're going to have to play just a little bit longer maybe to get your points in. Apparently, nothing to add to that. Mate. Well, it's not. It's, <laughs> it is one of those things. If you don't have an Xbox 16, you really don't care about achievement points. It's really not that big a deal. But I know that there's a lot of people out there. You can just check out various web websites that are dedicated to getting your achievement points in. So there's going to be a lot of people. Microsoft, smart move. There's going to be a lot of people spending a lot more time on Xbox Live, I'm sure, just to get this extra downloadable content, which chances are will mean that you have to play live games because that's where a lot of achievement points can be earned. So it's going to be a neat little money spinner for them, I'm sure. People are either going to think, oh, you know, this is this is a good idea, give me a chance to play a game, but um, yeah, I'm sure there's about 90% of people going, who gives a darn Monkeys. about achievement points? Monkeys is the word. But yeah. Monkey. Yeah. I'm a 360 gamer. I mean, I've been in a achievement hall once or twice in my time where I've just played games purely for the sake to get a few points so that when I go online, people can see that I've played a few games rather than just been quiet little guy sitting at home playing for yeah. So you just basically want people to go, oh, more points, must mm. have gamer points. Mm. 
Okay. Um, okay. Here's a another story which possibly I care about a lot more than several other people, but it's been one of the most exciting will it won't it sagas for me in recent years, um, and it's turned again because it appears that a Ghostbuster video game is back in production. Um, and yeah, Buster makes me feel good. But um, just oh god. The... <laughs> hey, I'm excited. What can I say? I grew up in the eighties. Don't sing, please. Don't sing. <laughs> okay. Okay. I wasn't singing, I was shaking with nervous excitement. Um, but yeah, the way it's currently gone, I'll try and summarise as briefly as I can um, without getting too excited about it. But um, it first kicked off a few weeks ago when um, uh, footage or trailers from a Ghostbusters game uh, made up by a developer called Zoopfly Studios, um, these were put onto YouTube and everybody went sort of mental about them, or people like me who just Ghostbusters A's, that whole kind of thing. But it was a good idea for a game, it looked quite good. Um, and everybody was like, yeah, great, Ghostbusters game. Still a little bit of scepticism about whether it was really happening, because there was uh, the thinking behind it was that they have got another game coming out. Um, so this was just some kind of um, blagged way to get extra publicity for that. Um, and this was kind of brought to the fore again when um, Zoopfly mentioned there were licensing issues and a little while afterwards Sony Pictures stepped forward and said yeah actually there's no licensing deal going on so they had the trailers pulled off their off, uh, YouTube, uh, Zoopfly had to take stuff down from their website and everybody just thought oh okay that's it no Ghostbusters game but the twist, the latest twist is um, Dan Aykroyd, um, Ghostbusters star as I'm sure you're well aware um, was interviewed for a, a Canadian uh, magazine or a website called the Edmonton Sun and uh, part of the interview, you know, there's a lot of casual stuff in there about what he's doing now, a bit of Blues Brothers stuff and so on, but then right down at the bottom um, just discussing Ghostbusters and uh, he uttered the, the beautiful words that Universal has purchased the rights from Sony for a game. Uh, he went on to say, I'm actually going to have to perform and do some motion capture for them this will be next year. Ghostbusters game 2008. Please. There's no word about whether the other Ghostbusters guys are going to be in it. Um, I'm not sure whether they'd all be quite as excited about it. I don't know whether Bill Murray's going to be in it or how closely linked to the Ghostbusters films it's going to be. But at the moment, uh, additional twists pending, we're going to get Ghostbusters in 2008. I can tell you're excited. Seriously, dude? <laughs> Whole world out there. <laughs> Okay, it might, yeah, it might, there's people out there. There's people who grew up loving it. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, people, people with there. the future box sets. Everybody who's got one of those has got to be loving the idea of a Ghostbusters game. So I, just remember, as well. I just remember the Commodore 64 version, and that was back in ooh, 1995. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I'll keep those fond memories from when I, when I was a, a, a wee whippersnapper. Okay. Bringing back, it's like retro say, gaming. When, when I was really young, and you weren't even a swimmer, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I was paddling in the deep end. <laughs> Not the swimming I was thinking. Oh no, that's that's the same swimming that I was thinking. But <laughs> I'm, I was out of the pool by then. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on, because that's just disturbing now. Um, if you're a, uh, an American. Wii fan. Um, today, which while we're recording this, which is February the 5th, three new games appeared out on the um, shop channel. Um, that was Super Mario World uh, for the Super NES, Vigilante, which was the TurboGrafx-16, and Game Ground from the Sega Genesis. Now, while this may not be of a huge impact to the uh, UK audience, keep in mind that it only takes about th three weeks, four weeks, it's been 
for the US titles to appear in England. So you could be looking forward to playing Super Mario World um, or Vigilante. Can you remember? Vig I remember Vigilante. It's really sad. On the shop channel on your Nintendo Wii sometime at the end of February, maybe. Sounds good. Getting some more titles coming through. It's always good for the Wii and the whole um, retro <laughs> gaming. Yeah. <laughs> no, just being able to get new yeah. content via. Um, the internet's always good. Thing. Yeah, I mean, we know that Xbox um, have got their will bring out um, a dodgy title every week kind of deal going on. Um, yeah. At least, um, sort of, Nintendo is sort of doing basically the same kind of thing. Um, Vigilante was kind of a cool thing, it was sort of yeah. a, a double dragon kind of, you know, beat him up, that kind of vein, sort of yes. final fight. And, you know. Good few titles to be kicking off with. So, yeah, they're getting there, they're getting there. And, you know, this is a new, you know, compared to. You know, sort of 360. It's been, you know, been out for like ever. Yeah. Okay, 14 months. But um, you know, it, it's good to see that Nintendo are are not doing the usual thing that they have their you know want to do, which is we bring out a console, we bring out some games, and then go, oh, we're bored now. Yeah. Um, it's just good to see that Nintendo are actually supporting it. We'll have to see though in like 14 months time when it's the same age as the 360s now, just what kind of trash they're peddling out. Just when they've run out of games and starting to run out of ideas. And likewise on the 360, I'm sure. Yeah, well there's there's still stuff. You got, everyone's going to be doing downloadable stuff because you get 250 achievement points for doing it. You get... <laughs> Maybe. Our whole world, outside, honest. Yeah, um, okay. No, I'm not going to carry on. Because it just makes me sound worse than I already am, and it's, I'm, I'm not even digging up. Alright, just on a, a final note from me. Um, we're usually giving Sony a bit of a hard time, but there's something about them, but it's not their fault this time. Um, it's just, if you're considering putting in a pre-order for uh, PlayStation 3, then you ought to just think twice before hooking up with HMV. Not that um, we've got anything against their uh, UK online store, but um, it seems that they're giving priority to what they call a lucky few of uh, 5,000 customers who can order a 4GB PS3, but they get priority if they buy a PSP with it in uh, what HMV call an incredible deal. You get a couple of games thrown in, Kills and Liberation in Gangs of London, but this um, incredible deal will set you back a mere £675. That's not the kind of bargain that I'm looking for. It's incredible, alright, but not a deal. No. That's, it's really sad tactics when they have to resort to that kind of thing, if you ask me. But... Well, it's no a Sony collaboration, them. so somebody <clears> thought it was a good idea and they went for it, but it's just kind of, I have to buy a PSP if I want to guarantee myself a PS3 from HMV. I don't think so. Look for them to be on the shelves day of, of, of launch at least, anyway, because there's bound to be a few left. Oh no, I think it'll sell out launch, but you're just gonna, yeah, have to wait a while. Yeah, yeah. we'll do a quick and finally. I in this could only be you know so surreal it's untrue, but it is. This Valentine's Day, online game retailer Game Game.co.uk are getting all loved up and encouraging customers to send kisses to their loved ones via the Valentine's Love Hub on their website. <laughs> yeah, I know. <clears throat> Recipients of kisses will not only get to enjoy the sound effects from their admirer, but will also receive a £5 off voucher to be used on the website. How this is romantic. assuming the gamers have girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It'd just be, yeah, give them £5 if they go outside for a while. That's it. Perhaps, perhaps there'll be a lot of lonely gamers sending themselves kisses. Customers 
who decide to do this will be able to choose from a variety of t types of kiss to send from the casual prick to pecs galore from the more passionate customer, right through to kiss avalanche for those far too excitable types. Uh, they will be able to hear a preview of what they want to send before taking the plunge and delivering it directly to their Valentine's email inbox. It's going to win it? them over, isn't it? But oh, you send me a kiss from game. Oh, and boy. what's even worse is once you've chosen your Valentine and picked the kiss that best describes their feelings for them, they are even given the chance to write them a love letter. Oh. Could it be any more sickening? I think it would be okay if there was a, a kiss described as peck on the cheek on the morning after. That would be a great way of expressing your love for somebody. Yeah. Well, there's also a competition on there anyway, which enables you to win a his and hers pink and black DS Lite twin pack with a couple of copies of Mario Kart as well. But at the end of the day, the only kiss I care about is the ones that want to rock and roll all night and party every day. <laughs> with a five pound voucher. I'm not that tight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a five. <laughs> I'm going online now. I can tell. Okay, and uh, on that loving touch, we'll um, we'll end it there. That's the end of this week's gaming news. For the biggest and best DVD and HD news and reviews, visit avplay.com. This week's games review. Okay, the review I've got for you this week. It's um possibly slightly belated um, because the game in question has been out for a little while. But that game is Rainbow Six Vegas. Um, this is for the Xbox 360. Uh, it'll also be out on the PC and PS3 will be coming up soon. It's already out on the PC but obviously you've got to wait a little while for your PS3 version. It's a little bit late because, to be honest, I didn't get on very well with the previous Rainbow Six game, Lockdown. So I didn't really pick up on this one straight away. When I was working for the magazine, it went through other people, so I didn't get a chance to play. And it wasn't really on the top of my um, must-have list. But um, recently, I've noticed a lot of my friends have just been going mad about it. It's just it's suddenly just exploded online. Everybody's playing it on Xbox Live all over the place. So I kind of felt like I was missing out. So I thought, you know, okay, I'll give it a go. And right now, I'm glad that I did. Just a quick background to the the game itself. Again, it's just Rainbow Team, just a, like a, a special ops uh, kind of team that just go in and mop up when everything goes bad. In this uh, this time, you play a team leader called Captain Logan Keller, whereas before the guy was called Ding Chavez. Everyone knew Ding Chavez. No one's really got much idea of where he's gone. So basically, you've got a, a whole new team, but without those sort of cliche phrases involving Ding Chavez, which were starting to get quite tiresome. This time, though. Superb idea, the location, Las Vegas, just a great idea, getting away from those stale, sort of, war-torn kind of buildings, back streets, uh, you know, just dull interiors that we were getting used to with the Rainbow Six series, and they've just, just gone bonkers on it, it's just much more bright, colourful, and it's, obviously because it's Vegas, there's just so much going on, that just as an environment, it's instantly much more attractive than the previous Rainbow Six games, just instantly into into the game, because the environment just looks so good, and you're just always looking around, looking at you know, these slot machines, flashing lights, neon, just so much stuff going on, that you're instantly absorbed into the game. And the game itself is quite open as well, so you've got a, a little bit of freedom to, to roam around, just to just take a look, kind of plan different routes. You've got a, a map, so you can sort of see where you are, a few different paths, and roughly where you want to go. It's not uh, a precise beacon all of the time, because it's if it's not on the floor that you're on, or it's a little bit out of sight, then you just kind of have to make an estimation and make your own way there, choose your own path. So, um, sort of in terms of you know visual quality, it's not superb. It's not up there with 
Ghost Recon and the like. But it looks good and it's got a, a good feel to it. And um, gameplay-wise, it plays very much the same, so it's instantly instantly comfortable. But what makes the gameplay better for me is uh, the controls are still the same as before. People who have played the previous Rainbow Six games will be instantly familiar with them to an extent. But this time they've tweaked the AI, which was a big big deal because the AI on Rainbow Six was just it was annoying beyond belief where the your squad members just would stand walking into walls stand in the way in doorways and just generally be much more annoying and you know, I would have no problem just sending them out first all the time purely as cannon fodder just so they, I can find out where all the bad guys are by letting my guys get shot but this time they're much sharper much smarter they're a really really big help to you if they get shot down as well you have to heal them you can't complete the level with a, a dead comrade you have to get in you have to heal them otherwise you have to restart from the previous checkpoint which can be quite harsh sometimes and i say harsh it's because a lot of the scenes in this these are big big fights big big shootouts that they have in this rainbow six game because obviously it's set in casino floors and everything like that and you don't get very many tight corridor shootouts it's much much more open so um these can be quite intense because you've got people you know on ropes smashing through windows dropping down from the ceiling upstairs on higher balconies so you know you can be stuck in a room for sort of five ten minutes in this massive shootout and uh, yeah if you don't make it to the end then you have to start over it can be a bit of a chore but if you get through it, it's you know it's a really really good feeling, a good sense of achievement because it is, it's not really really difficult to the extent you know it's annoying, but it's difficult enough to be a challenge. So you can't just walk through quite easily with a machine gun and just shoot everything quite comfortably. You know you really have to to use the tactics. You know you have to use uh, the two guys in your squad. You know put them out tactically into a decent location and just just plan slightly ahead as to what you're going to do which makes you know the the single player game it's you know a really really good really absorbing experience and it's something which you know I'd, I'd recommend definitely give it a go because it is it's good fun you get quite a, a decent amount of gameplay out of it yeah it's just much much better than lockdown and i'm just hoping that uh, they'll use this as a platform and maybe take things in the same direction but just, you know keep it bright and lively in future um, although obviously if you want a casino you're going to have to go to Manchester instead now but um, but the bit that I'm talking about as well kind of the reason why I brought the game back now is the, the multiplayer side of things there's nothing hugely spectacular about it there's no new revolutionary game modes or anything like that to it it's still got a what they call sharpshooters which is the same as a deathmatch where you've just got a you know individual or team games going on that you could have but it's also got co-op modes on it as well which again are nothing particularly new but you can play through the story in co-op mode you know which is it's always quite nice to do it's good fun to to get that side of things going on obviously it'll take quite a while to play through it but the other thing they've got is a co-op mode called terrorist hunt where you can play through a co-op mode but it's not story based it's just basically a huge huge environment just packed full of bad guys which um single player would be quite painful but uh, in co-op mode it just works really well you know it's it's good fun it doesn't have to take very long you know you could uh, set the size you, know, you can wade in a bit if you just want to laugh or you can kind of hide in the shadows find cover put a little bit of tactics through and put some thinking into it but um but either way that's just you know it's just a good fun alternative and um as i say though it just seems to be the game of the moment i'm assuming that when ghost recon advanced warfighter 2 comes out uh, in the middle of March, or sorry, the start of March, March the 9th, I think, then everybody's going to give that a go. But now, and certainly getting a lot of fun from it, Rainbow Six is the live game to be playing on the Xbox 360. And um, I would, yeah, most certainly recommend it. If I was giving it a score, I'd give it a, a, a very healthy 8 out of 10. Um, I don't think it's really 
as next gen or is really kind of fired up in the wake of recent games you know visually it's not up there with gears of war and um you know there's a few other things that maybe let it down slightly but it's still a very 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 good AI of 10 and i'd um highly recommend it if you don't have it already that is because it's been out for uh, i think it's about six weeks so if you don't own a copy now you're obviously missing out so you should be able to get out there and find a good bargain brought to you by av forums and avplay.com oh my god is there nothing you people can't do this is the av podcast as a discussion point this week, um, we are do tend to be slightly console heavy in the the coverage that we give. So we thought we'd give um, have a bit of a look at PCs this week. Um, in particular, obviously, with the recent release of the new Vista system, um, which could have quite a big impact on PC gaming. So we thought we'd just just have a bit of a chat about that. Seth, you're much more of a, a PC gamer than I am. How do you see this? What do you see the introduction of Vista? How's, what are the effects going to be? Well, I mean, everybody knows that the big thing with Vista is it has DirectX 10. Now, in terms of a little bit of history, for want of a better word, um, everyone knows that uh, Windows XP is running DirectX 9. Now, DirectX 9 has been with us since uh, about December 2002. And we've seen some um, sort of progression with graphics cards, um, which basically got faster, much more powerful. Um, then when NVIDIA brought out their um, GeForce um, series, the 6 series, so sort of 6800s, back in 2004, they brought out what was called a shader model 3, which was a, a hardware supporting for shading, obviously. But it wasn't actually part of the, the DirectX 9 um, specification until Microsoft brought out the 90C libraries back in December 2004. And since then, nothing's really changed. But... Vista has DirectX 10. Now, what does this mean? Well, DirectX 10 will only work under Vista. You cannot install it under um, Windows XP because it's all down to how the API works under the operating system. So, if you want DirectX 10 games, you have to go to Vista. So, in one way, that's going to upset some people because they're going to turn around and say, well, that's not on Microsoft just forcing you to buy Vista to play the games um, and so on. But that's not strictly true. It's very much down to uh, how the Windows display works um, and how it's been changed from one operating system to the other. Now, I'm not going to go in and bore everybody rigid on, in terms of how this actually works, but suffice to say, there is a major change in how they work, and that is why you'll not see the DirectX 10 installed on Windows XP. You, there'll probably be a variant um, probably an upgraded version of 9. I mean, as it stands, I think Vista has what's called 9.0 EX, because currently um, DirectX, pre-DirectX 10 hardware doesn't work under the new API. So it's it's got a kind of a, a version of DirectX 9 for Vista, so that the existing hardware works. Um, and then you've got DirectX 10. Now at the moment there's only one sort of games card that is DirectX 10 compliant, which is the GeForce 8800, um, which are a huge graphics cards uh, they're PCI Express obviously they're about 11 inches long they are absolute behemoths and they're going to basically well, th this particular chipset that is DirectX 10 compatible it hopefully will, re will uh, revolutionize PC gaming okay there's a lot of um, numbers in there which kind of slid past me a little bit but um, I mean that as a summary from my point of view this is you say it's going to obviously improve gaming. So are we going to be looking at games designed 
just that you can use uh, with Vista, so you won't be able to play them if you've got a you know, standard operating system at the moment. You're going to have to get Vista to play certain games. No, it's more to do with the graphics card. The graphics cards, that, like I say, the 8800 is a DirectX 10 based graphics card. It will run the DirectX 9 games, so they work okay in it, um, in XP. They'll work in, in Vista, but when you start getting games, I mean, everyone's mentioning Halo 2 as the first DirectX 10 Vista game. Um, there will be better ones out there. Um, it's Alan Wake that you, I think you mentioned on yeah. Xbox 360. That will be a DirectX 10 game. Um, It'll look awesome. One of the games of the year that's for me is going to be um, Hellgate London. That will also have DirectX 10 support. And you're going to find that the visuals from DirectX 10 are going to be such that they will compete not so much neck and neck because the technology is obviously in its infancy on the PC, but the theory will be that graphically it will beat um, PS3 and Xbox 360. Now, I, I automatically feel like I'm all going to get some flack by um, the Xbox 360 hardcores out there and go, no, like that. Um, let's, you know, let's not dispute whoa, whoa, the Xbox whoa, 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 whoa. As, <laughs> as if on cue. <laughs> I kind of agree with you. I think that, um, it, you know, PC visuals have always been, you know, well up there. I mean, you know, obviously the new console technology's come through, so it's kind of kick things off on that side. But, you know, PC's obviously going to bounce back, and it's going to develop, and the technology's going to be there. So there's no reason at all why over the next, you know, developers are going to pick up on this software, obviously. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's going to evolve. So games can only get better looking and maybe, you know, apply the, the technology to various gaming engines and stuff like that as well. So just... PC games in general um, be a lot more expansive, I'm sure. Visuals, physics, the whole works. That's it. I mean, like I say, I could I could go into a sort of reasonable depth here about the main differences between DirectX 9 and DirectX 10 and bore people rigid, and I don't really want to do that. Um, the big in, you know, things that have touted around are, are going to be things like Shader Model 4 um, and the fact that, believe it or not, um, DirectX 10 has over a hundred times more resources available to it than what DirectX 9 has. So if you if you think of it in terms of you know what the um, the system can offer, um, DirectX 10 has a lot more uh, resources available to it. It has um, new and improved shader modeling. It has um, better uh, smoke effects, um, which we've all seen of uh, you know on the Xbox 360. Yeah. But we are talking um, the the big thing on PC versus any console um, as it stands is the fact that we can actually change stuff. Um, we can pull out a, a graphics card and we can put a new one in. Yeah. Um, and obviously as the power increases then you know we can we can do that without having to change too much. Um, and early um, indicators are that the um, when they start bringing out this stuff, we're going to see some games that are going to be really graphically impressive. I mean, the big one on PC that everyone's uh, really excited about is Crisis. Yeah, with a Y. Crisis with a Y, indeed. Um, the Unreal F Engine 3, Yeah. Um, is which is um, uh, Gears of War was modelled on. Yep, the was using the Unreal Engine 3. You're yeah. going to see that being used. Um, and don't forget, Xbox 360 hasn't got the DirectX 10 um, sort of hardware implemented or the, the, the software to drive it. So things that we're going to see um, from this point of view are going to be a lot more exciting. Now, there are a lot of games out there that, that are going to absolutely kick ass, I think's the term, 
like I say, Halo is the one that everyone's mentioned, but let's be honest, that is a bit of a kind of nit title. Um, no one's, uh, personally speaking, I don't think anyone's really bothered because it's sort of, you know, it's Halo 2. You know, if yeah. we wanted to play that, we could have bought an Xbox for that. Yeah. Um, but it's things like um, Hellgate London, Flight Simulator X is another one, um, Supreme Commander when it comes out very shortly um, is going to have DirectX 10 um, facilities available to it so if you've got a DirectX 10 graphics card which basically is either the, the, the 8800 GT or the GX I think it is no, GS and GX cards um, but the problem uh, with those cards are they aren't exactly cheap I mean you're looking at about three to four hundred pounds mm. so you know you have to weigh up on the other side of the coin consoles it, relatively cheap well Apart from one of them. Apart from one of them, which isn't out yet, which we won't mention. Because um, <laughs> we mention it every week and run it into the ground. The, the other spin that they're trying to do, and this is a, a bit of a PR marketing thing, and this might just be me, is you're not going to see, this is a PC game. You're going to see, you know, it's like, it's a game for Xbox 360 and a game for PS3 and a game for Vista. They're trying to kind of get it to that level. Yeah. So Vista is more like a platform as opposed to um, an operating system for for PCs. There are some really really impressive things that that can be done with DirectX 10, and I know that I'm probably being a bit monotonous on, on this, um, but I think that um, a lot of PC gamers have been hearing us over the weeks, you know, go, oh the Xbox has got this coming out, oh the Xbox has got that coming out, um, the Nintendo Wii is great fun, and it is great fun. Um, but PC support we haven't really shown sort of too much to. So I, I think that, you know, although we, we're excited about a lot of the technology out there, I think that for uh, PC owners, um, while they'll begrudge having to buy an operating system that they may or may not like um, in the shape of Vista, DirectX 10 will prove to be um, very much worthwhile in the uh, coming months. Well, this, it's all going to be all about the games though, isn't it? Going to have to wait and see what happens when they start coming through. Well, you're going to see things that you wouldn't normally expect to see, I think, on um, PC. I think not necessarily in terms of Gears of War, but it wouldn't surprise me if you see Gears of War 2 for Vista. Yeah, it sounds like the technology's there to really expand on everything that currently exists. I don't know exactly what games developers are thinking, how they're already implementing this technology to the games that they're working on. Um, you know, I'm guessing it's going to give people with DirectX 10 a big advantage. I don't know whether this is going to affect the quality of the games for people with operating systems below who don't have Vista. Whether they're going to see uh, glitches in the games, do you think? Anything like that? Things not running as fast as they should do? Well, I mean, don't forget, there's, uh, uh, and I hate to reiterate constantly, there is only the one DirectX 10 card currently out there, which is the AT800. Um, you're going to see the ATI equivalent coming out eventually. Um, it shouldn't be too much longer, one hopes, which could give that uh, a bit of a run for its money. But again, this is you know, infancy. If you think about um, DirectX 9, when we started with, um, like I said, the shader model, which was seen in the NVIDIA 6 uh, series cards, we've had the 6 series cards and we've had the 7 series cards from NVIDIA. We've had the ATI cards coming out with shader 3, um, in the sort of 1800, the 1900 cards, um, the sort of the high-end, you know, really big memory, powerful graphics cards, you know, they're, they're sort of putting the original graphics cards to shame. Once we've got the sort of, the, we've got a new platform in DirectX 10, you know, DirectX 9 um, is sort of coming up for, you know, sort of, it's four years old, it's almost five. Um, 
there's a lot of scope there for the hardware to have evolved with this particular version of DirectX. DirectX 9 wasn't the first version available under XP. I think it was DirectX 7. There was a huge jump. Um, it might have been 6. Um, but again, you know, they've they've changed it and to a point where the operating system can't cope. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see DirectX 10, 11, 12, maybe even a 13 or a 14 under Vista, where they keep on adding more facilities uh, under the driver, um, and then the graphics card again progressing. So, and again, the, these cards are um, available to to put into a what's a, it's SLI mode, um, where you can have dual cards or even triple cards um, is being touted as well. So you know, there's a lot of power that you could have graphically. Um, under your PC engine. Of course you need a heavy power supply and a hell of a lot of cooling but you know there are um, huge arguments that are beginning to say you know if we could get the controller right I feel um, because if you think about it um, the, the two drawbacks more than anything on a PC to a degree uh, control mechanism you know um, we, we sort of stole other um, pads um, we don't actually have we didn't have, you know, really have pads. We, it was keyboard, mouse, and joystick um, yeah. back in the day. Um, a lot of people will still argue that keyboard and mouse is the the best way to play. A lot of people uh, certainly FPSs, certainly FPSs. Yeah. Um, but the other big problem is is also that we can't um, sort of plug in and go as you can a console. Yeah. You know, you install a game and sometimes something won't work. You know, the sound card isn't right. Um, you know the graphics driver needs to be updated, etc. It, it can be a bit of a drag, but if if you could get rid of those sort of limitations, and I think, in all fairness, those problems are becoming a lot more minimalistic. I think you hear more reports of copy protection um, being a problem on DVD drives and CD drives than you hear of you know sort of compliant drivers. Yeah. Um, I think that you know this could be a huge step for PC games evol uh, evolving the evolution of games, and I think that you know. You know, I mean, I'm I can run Oblivion, probably as good as an Xbox 360 on a, a, a what have I got, uh, an X1950 XTX card, ATI card. No, I was just gonna say, you know, it's certainly gonna put up a very good argument. You know, it might shut a few people up, kind of t to the extent where they can't say, oh look, you know, you guys are miles behind. Look at us, we've got this, we've got this. They're gonna be, you know, reluctantly saying, oh yeah, okay, that that's not bad either, actually. Well, the okay. other thing is is that Microsoft are also trying to make life easier on games because everyone says, you know, is my PC powerful enough to run this? Well, with the Vista operating system, you get a, a score between one and five, so it's kind of like your machine is a four. Yeah. So as long as you don't, as, you, as long as you buy a game that's four or under, it will run. You know. Yeah. So it, it does make it a lot easier for the for people to grasp. Um, I'm not turning around and saying the people that are listening to our podcast are incredibly dim. Far from it. What I'm saying is that you, uh, they'll, uh, you know, people who are listening to this sort of agree with me. You can go into uh, multiple shops, you know, that your PC World, your HMVs, and people will either will pick up a game and don't know if it will work on their machine because they don't read the hardware requirements, or you'll hear them bringing it back saying it doesn't work because my PC is not powerful enough. Well, with Vista, you've got a ranking of one to five. You know, it's a lot simpler if you don't if your number is not a match or sort of is below it, or, uh, sorry, you know, if it's a three game and you've got a four, then you know it's going to run. If you pick up a five game and you've got a three, you know it's not. It, it's trying to, you know, make it much more simplistic and a much more approachable platform. Yeah, do you think it's like, where well, it's not like PCs emulating consoles in the way that consoles try to emulate PCs to the extent, but um, it's, things are getting a lot closer. 
I mean, the thing that PCs, they have an advantage just because, um, you know, you've got additions, you could upgrade, you can install new things as you're going along. Um, you know, this isn't always cheap. Um, but, you know, whilst it costs you a few quid, buying an entirely new console, like, you know, an Xbox 3, whatever ridiculous name they give to it, is, um, you know, you look, it's going to be about four or five hundred pounds or something like that by the time it actually comes around in however many years it will be. Um, so, you know, spending a few hundred quid on a graphics card or whatever, it's not going to seem too much if you're going to see a significant increase in the quality of games. Mm. I mean, that is that is really the sort of the crux of the matter, is PC owners are more in favour and much more used to doing this kind of thing. Um, you know, we'll sort of the, the sort of more enthusiastic members will whip out a graphics card and whack it in. Yeah, it'll cost us a couple of hundred quid, but we don't have to change the entire box, you know? Yeah. Um, and we, the, with PCs, you know, we're getting things like component out, we've got DVI output, so we can hook up to a DVI, you know, input on a projector, on a LCD plasma. We can have big green, uh, screen gaming if we want it. It's much. It's getting more approachable. I mean, you know, go back to the original sort of 80s when, when PCs were out and graphics were a no-no. You know, we were lucky with things like Jazzy Jackrabbit and you know, <laughs> really, really naff-looking. You know, Spectrums looked better kind of games until yeah. sort of Wolfenstein 3D kind of broke that a little bit. And then, we, you know, we got things like uh, Alone in the Dark, and then sort of Doom came out and Quake came out, and then we actually had our first you know Voodoo graphics card, and all of a sudden we looked you know the business. Um, we were actually at that point we started going well, actually we can compete with like Sega, you know. So yeah, things are looking good for the PC in the the near future, and um, rest assured that when these games start coming through, we'll give you all the latest information on just exactly how things are looking and how people are reacting to them. For daily AV chat. AV chat. Log in to avforums.com. They might be very nice people. And that's it for this week's gaming podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for a lot more of the same. Until then, happy gaming. The AV Podcast was presented by Ian Collin and Seth Gecko. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.